we read to you Matthew 17, where Jesus takes the three disciples up to what is called the Mount of Transfiguration. And there, as Jesus is lifting up his eyes to heaven, he is transfigured, transformed in front of his three disciples. Well, immediately they fall down before him, especially when they note that Moses and Elijah have appeared with him. Now, it doesn't give us much of their, doesn't really give us any of their conversation. But Peter, not knowing exactly what to say, said, Lord, it's so good to be here. <laughs> That's always good. And he then said, perhaps we should build three tabernacles, one for Elijah, one for Moses, one for you. And then God came down and spoke from heaven in an audible voice. And he said, This is my beloved son. Hear him. And they looked up, and there was only Jesus. I'm speaking to you on turning our eyes to Jesus. God gave to these disciples a revelation of the majesty of Christ. They never got over it. For example, John speaks of it in John chapter 1. He said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory. Peter speaks of it in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 16. He said, we're not making things up. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty when he received honor and glory from God the Father, a voice from the majesty on high. They never forgot this event. They never forgot this revelation of who Jesus is. What actually happened here? Well, what happened was the deity, the divinity of Christ broke through the humanity of Christ. It, it would be like the sun is shining and you pull back the curtain and let the sunlight in. This is what happened at the Mount of Transfiguration. When Jesus was in the flesh, the Son of God, and God the Son was in the flesh, His glory was veiled and filtered by His humanity. But in this moment, God just pulled back the veil and all that Jesus was radiated outward so that they were smitten with his glory and dignity and majesty. Now there is an error 
And I think this is a good point to bring this up, and I'll just take a moment. There are some who believe and some preachers who preach, not many, but a few, that when Jesus left heaven, he laid aside his deity and became man. Only man. Flawless man, yes. Sinless man, but not God. When Jesus left heaven, he emptied himself of his deity. This is an error. It's an error. We, we have two problems with it. One, biblically it's an error. Jesus was not a perfect man only. Jesus was God in the flesh. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 Paul wrote these words. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells in a human body. Now that means that when Jesus came, God the Son was still God the Son. He did not lay aside deity and Paul uses a continual tense there, in him that is in Christ, the whole fullness of deity permanently, continuously dwells. Jesus was God in the flesh. It's not an issue of subtraction. He's no longer God. He's subtracting his deity. It's an issue of addition. He didn't, start, he didn't stop being God when he started being man. And I'll just add one other point to that. And that is this. If Jesus is not God, the value of his atonement on our behalf is not sufficient to satisfy God the judge against whom the crimes and the sins have been committed. No, it's very important that we keep that in mind. This is that when Jesus was on the earth, it was his deity that broke through on the Mount of Transfiguration. The Mount of Transfiguration proves that Jesus, though in the flesh, having robed himself in humanity, was still God in the flesh. And it says when they saw him and they saw this transfiguration, they knew something significant happened. It says in verse 2, he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun. It came out like the radiant sunlight. This is not the only time that Jesus is compared to the sun. Revelation 1.16, when John was on the Isle of Patmos, his face, he said he saw Jesus whose face was like the sun shining in full strength. So I'm telling you and I'm asking you today, 
Turn your eyes to Jesus. Why? Not just because He's the perfect sinless man, but He is the majesty, the glorious God, the Son of God, the second person in the Trinity, whose glory in a, in a little moment of time on the Mount of Transfiguration, that glory burst forth. The veil was removed and His majesty and His divinity was revealed. And it came out as the sun in its strength. So they, they bowed, they closed their eyes, they bowed their heads. There's some things to be said about this recurring theme that Jesus in His glory shines like the sun. It's over and over again through the Old and New Testaments. And the Bible says quite a bit. You know, Genesis 1 says that the sun was given as a symbol. One of the reasons, not just to give light, it gives two reasons for the sun in Genesis chapter 1. It says it's for light. And second, it's for a sign or a symbol. The symbol of Christ. So here's just some things about the sun. Did you know that when the sun comes out, those predators in life sneak away. Listen to Psalm 104.20. The beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar for prey. But when the sun rises... They steal away and lie down in dens and man goes to work. That's Psalm 104.20. In other words, when the sun comes up, the lion hides out. And that's what happens when Jesus reveals himself, when renewal comes to us, when revival comes to us. When the Holy Spirit opens uh, our eyes to see who Jesus is, all of a sudden Satan is cast out. And demons are expelled. And light throws out the darkness. Here's another thing about the sun. And it refers specifically to the Christ who would come. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2. To you who fear my name... The sun of righteousness, speaking of Christ, will rise with healing in his wings. Amen. When the sun rises, he says the future, there's going to be a future sun of righteousness, S-U-N. Calls him the sun, S-U-N. And when he rises then healing will spread out around all those who are under his wings, under his influence, under his covering. I read recently that when natural sunlight hits your skin, it triggers the body's production of vitamin D, which protects against infections lowers high blood pressure, strengthens muscles, improves brain function, 
and even protects against cancer. Bill Bryant, head of the science department at Homeland Security, said this week that one thing they have discovered, and I heard this quoted again last night, one thing that they have discovered is that the thing that, the one thing that kills the coronavirus the swiftest is direct sunlight. And isn't it interesting that the single symbol above all symbols for Christ is the sun. Get close to him. Throw your heart open to him. The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. You'll be safe in him. When Jesus came to earth, he went about healing the sick, laying hands on the leper, and touching the children. Because there's more healing in Jesus than there is sickness in us. Another thing about the sun is it permeates the world. Everybody gets the sun. It's a gift from God. Psalm 19.6 says about the sun, its rising is from the end of heaven and its circuit to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. Nothing is hidden from the heat of the sun. It permeates the earth. Everyone feels it. Even those who are not thinking about it get its benefits. I was listening to a Jewish convert some time ago giving his testimony. He said that he was raised in a household that had bad things to say about Jesus. That's not surprising. And so he decided that he would read the New Testament for himself. To, and his, his objective was to disprove the Christ. Jesus was the Messiah. And he started to read. And he came across this phrase where Jesus says, turn the other cheek. And he said, oh, I, I didn't know Jesus said that. And he continued to read. And he came across the woman caught in adultery. And Jesus said, he that is without sin cast the first stone. And he said, oh, people I know use that all the time. I didn't know Jesus is the one that said that. And he began to go through the New Testament. And he didn't realize how much Jesus had influenced him. And he became a Christian then he became a preacher, and now you can hear him every week on Sunday morning. He's like the sun that permeates the globe. John 1, 9 
the true light calls Jesus the true light which enlightens everyone coming into the world. There is some sense in which Jesus and his blessing and his influence has gone around the world. In fact, I read just this week that the, the Bible, the whole Bible or the New Testament, some portion thereof is now in seven in the hands of seven billion people. That's like 90 some percent of the population of the world. One other thing is that all other lights fade in the light of the sun. All other lights fade. Do you really need a candle when the sun is up? In the same way, the wisest of men fade into obsolete when Jesus in his wisdom comes. The glory is breaking through. So Elijah and Moses fade away. And the disciples look up and see Jesus only. We have a room, a laundry room, just a small little room. And we have a light switch in there. And sometimes, and I do it at night, and I, it's on automatic, I, where I just walk through and turn it on automatically. I don't even think about it. Sometimes I do it during the day. But there's a big window that sunlight comes through. And I'll come through and I'll hit the light during the day. And you know, and I think, was that not working? (laughs) It makes no difference at all when the sun is up. All men's wisdom fades. Jesus is more gracious, more kind, more patient, more wise, more powerful, more glorious, more exalted, more loving than our minds can ever comprehend. I want to just add one more thing. One of my favorite authors is R.C. Sproul. He used to teach at the high school level. And sometimes he said he'd go into a class and he'd hold up a lemon and he'd, he'd ask the class, what color is this lemon? And they'd say, well, it's yellow. And then he'd turn the lights off. He said, now I'm holding up this lemon. What color is the lemon now? And they said, it's still yellow. And he'd say, Actually, it's not. Because color is not in the object. It's in the light which strikes the object. Did you know that? I did not know that. That color is not inherent in the object. For color to be there, light has to be there. And I thought that is so like our Savior 
who just brings a kind of brilliance and hue and energy and, and beauty to everything in life. Color is not in. Joy is not in us. It's in the light when it strikes us. In John 9, Jesus is the, he says, I am the light of the world. We need nothing but more of Jesus. So as the hymn writer said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Oh, look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you from our hearts for Jesus. May he be the object of our sight today, this week. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us to see Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.